The only spooning going on in this prison is between a man and a piece of wood. This is A Man Escaped. Hey everybody, welcome to Seen and Heard. Hi. This is the podcast where two entertainment assistants go through the sight and sound top 100 greatest films of all time list. I'm Greg. I'm Jackie. And we're here this week on the beautiful sight and sound list to discuss our second Robert Brayson film that we've covered so far on the show. The first being Alhazard Balthazar. Yeah. If you haven't heard our episode on the great donkey film of the 20th century, <laughs> Go back and check that one That's out. That's the quintessential donkey film. We are here this week, though, to discuss A Man Escaped from 1956. What number is this on the list? This is number 69 on the 2012 list and number 95 on the 2022 list. Mm, yeah. So still in the top 100. Barely. But fell a lot. Yeah. Um, I can kind of see why. I don't know. Because... I'll save this. <laughs> Although I do have a list of a few people who like really love this movie and they're very famous. Like people love this movie. They do. Well, I'm glad that they're famous. <laughs> uh, well, what, what are, oh, sorry. Go ahead. What have you been watching? Oh, okay. Sure. Uh, not that much, really. I've been kind of busy. Um, I did see. <laughs> what have you been doing? Because apparently any chance this plays in 35, I just go. So I saw Goodfellas again this year uh, on 35 at the Academy Museum. That's Wait, cool. you've been to that theater, right? Never been. Oh, the David Geffen Theater, Jackie. That's Geffen too? There's yeah. so many freaking Geffen establishments in the city. He has his name <laughs> on everything. Um, beautiful theater. And the, the movies are usually like 10 bucks. Yeah, but they don't sell concessions. No, I and you know what? I snuck some in, and I had to like ver. I had to wait for like loud parts to like open up the package. <laughs> what and did stuff. you sneak in? Oh, I actually went overboard because I went with two friends, and I- <laughs> my Rite Aid down the street has like a deal on like movie candy, so you get all the classic like yeah. Sour Patch Kids, Junior Mints, like those cookie dough bites, Muddy Bears, which are chocolate covered Muddy ba- uh, ch- uh, gummy bears, which are like my favorite. Oh. And if they're like a dollar each, so I just like I had like six boxes, and I snuck them in in my coat, and That's then I was awesome. like taking one out at a time. <laughs> but, but why aren't you allowed to take concessions? Because it's like a classier kind of you know very nice upscale theater. Like the auditorium is like very clean, and I see there's like red velvet and stuff. So and it's only ten dollars. Yeah, it's like ten bucks, and That's they show nice. stuff on film usually. I've been there a handful of times now, and everything has been pretty good. But yeah, they sh- they showed it on thirty five, so I went. Because I can't stay away from Goodfellas. Uh, and then, other than that, I saw a film called Manos uh, from 2019 that we just did for the film club um, by a director named Alejandro Landes. And uh, really liked it. I hadn't heard of it. it. just came out a couple years ago. But yeah, it's a good film about like child soldiers. Oh. Uh, and it was, it was intense. It was well done. It was really well done. Sounds so. sad. Yeah, that's how about you? That's it. That's it. This has been slow, and because other than that, I've just been watching Star Trek. Oh, well, how's that going? <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did see. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Oh, what did you think? I liked it. Yeah, I liked I'm a it big too. fan of the book uh, and Judy Bloom in general, so I really liked it. And I thought 
really i was wa- like i was watching with my best friend and like there were moments where i just turned to her because i was truly very moved i was like rachel mcadams is killing it yeah she is she mm-hmm. killed it like she had no right to bring it that hard in that movie and i'm so glad she did incredible it, it like turns a new leaf for her i think yeah she's, really good yeah i was super super impressed um, I'd love to have Benny Safdie and Rachel McAdams as my parents. That sounds really nice. <laughs> I thought Kathy Bates was good too. It's not that much of an age difference, is there? No, I, I know. Fuck. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah. So Benny Safdie's like my age, I think, <laughs> which makes it even more depressing. He, yeah, but he looks young. But yeah, I mean, I'm trying to calculate. Like, why, supposed to be like 11? Why yeah, haven't I, mean, I made uncut gems yet? Can you oh, you mean me that? I? I thought you were saying like to play a dad. Oh no, 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 no! Just the fact that you know. Would he, you play a dad? I would love to play a dad. But I don't know if you look old enough. You know what? Well, okay, it just depends what I'm wearing. It's like yes. <laughs> my mom just got married. I went to her wedding, and my sister and I walked her down the aisle, and it was like the first time in my life that I realized like I look like a dad now, <laughs> and like what I was wearing was like very dad like, and I just like, embraced what? it. I don't you look like a dad well thank you (laughs) (laughs) what were you wearing i was wearing like i was wearing like like these sort of like khaki pants and i had a white shirt and it was kind of buttoned down a little bit and then i had a blazer over that was the shirt tucked in the shirt was tucked in but it was unbuttoned a little bit you know because that's the vibe i guess la greg (laughs) la greg I was like, I look like a dad right now. I just look like some dad. Like, <laughs> but that's okay, you know. Yeah. I'm okay with it. No, that's great. And then I did get Mubi because they're doing this special. It just ended, it's... I think. Oh, did it? So you got in at a good time. Four dollars for four months of Mubi. Um, and then of course it just kind of um rolls over and they start charging you like whatever twelve ninety nine a month yeah. so i kind of have to decide if i'm going to keep it or not at the end of the four months i really like it so far because it has new movies like my and i really i felt like i was cheating on criterion <laughs> no but they have like new releases which is really nice and way they have more the kingdom on there what's the kingdom that's the lars von trier show oh yes you're right the new season they have the old seasons and then they have the brand new season and it's like only a movie i think interesting yeah so i watched this movie called zero fucks given have you heard of it i remember seeing it it's with the, the girl from circuit blue is the warmest color her name is adele exogenous no oh, she's no. greek she's she's greek french yeah uh french greek what what have you um i've never seen her in anything and like people always talk about how magnetic she is and everything and definitely like she carries this movie it's a i really really enjoyed it but it is truly just like the adele show kind of which is great cool um i really enjoyed it it's about a flight attendant who's having like a mid-youth crisis kind of so it's fun i saw modern romance the albert brooks movie yeah i fucking love that movie i didn't like it that much really I oh no! It was really annoying. Oh, I thought the ending was real. I I really liked the ending, and then when the credits roll and it says like they got but divorced whoa. later, but now For they're gonna get remarried. <laughs> Maybe whatever. <some. laughs> um, that killed it for me. I that was like, that's really annoying. Oh. And he is like really insufferable. Like I just can't understand how anyone would want to be with him. I have so many friends like that. <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> uh. That movie is so, so funny, though. Did you think, 
No. There were some moments that were really funny. The scene where he takes the lewds and he goes Those home funny. and he's like going through his Rolodex and calling people. And then he's like looking at his record collection. He's like, I have a lot of nice records. And he like keeps calling Bruno Kirby. and like, Yeah. Bruno Kirby's great in it. Yeah. He's super cute. Oh, um, so a little mix. Huh? Have you seen any other Albert Brooks movies? Yeah. Which like ones? Defending Your Life. Do you like that one? Oh, so you're not a big Albert Brooks fan. I guess I'm not, which is really sad. It's because fine. Because I feel like I, I like them, but I'm not like people like die for these movies and I'm just not dying. <laughs> that's fair but they're fun i guess except this one he's really annoying in it like really annoying he's he often gets called the west coast woody allen um uh, definitely pretty the west coast woody allen yeah um yeah so that was my week cool uh not much more to say didn't you go to knott's Berry farm too <laughs> no but i saw a little night music at the pasadena playhouse last night oh how was that it's really good. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it is based on the Bergman movie, Smiles of a Summer Night. It's a Sondheim musical. Really fun. Sex comedy. Great time. Highly recommend. How long is that for? Not that long. Especially when you hear this episode. <laughs> oh, shit. I think the 28th. <laughs> okay. But if you go on Today Ticks, there's like great. I sat like fourth row for 60 bucks. It's oh, cool. really great. You guys should go. Yeah. Think about it. Well, let's get into this week's film. Picture picture from 1956 this is robert bresson's that was good a man escaped <laughs> that was really good Escaped was released in 1956. It was written and directed by Robert Bresson, based on a memoir, The Lessons of Strength, A Man Condemned to Death Has Escaped, by André Devigny. Cinematography by Léonce Henry Burrell. Featuring music by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Who? Never heard of him. The film tells the story of Fontaine a French resistance soldier captured by the Nazis who jumps out of a car on his way to Montluc prison. His early escape attempt is futile, and upon arriving at the prison, he is severely beaten and put in solitary confinement. He eventually is transferred to another permanent floor. The only time the prisoners are allowed to leave their cells is once a day to empty their slop buckets and wash their faces. Fontaine scrapes the end of a spoon into a chisel and slowly begins picking away at the wooden door of his cell. Once he has removed all the wooden planks, he thinks up how to actually escape the prison. He starts making rope from bedding and other pieces of cloth and hooks from various bits of iron in his room. Eventually, Fontaine is told he is sentenced to death. Shortly after, he is given a cellmate, Jost, whom he believes might be a Nazi spy. Fontaine knows he must tell Jost the plan, but if Jost refuses to come along, he must kill him. Jost agrees to escape with Fontaine 
And after a stressful night of climbing over walls and avoiding guards, even killing one, Fontaine and Jost walk away from the prison undetected. The film stars Francois Letelier as Lieutenant Fontaine, Charles Le Clanche as Francois Jost, Maurice Bierblock as Blanchette, who is Fontaine's cell neighbor. The film is based on the actual escape of André Devigny, who operated in Lyon. He was wounded in the war, and then he joined the French resistance. He murdered an Italian police officer, so that was the original charge that he was sent to prison for. He didn't blow up a bridge. Uh, he had several unsuccessful escape attempts from the prison, and finally did escape. Uh, when he escaped, he went to Switzerland, but the Germans took revenge by sending two of his cousins to a death camp. He then went to Spain, where he was arrested again and escaped again. He participated in the liberation of Alsace, and eventually he was awarded the Cross of the Liberation by Charles de Gaulle himself after the war. Wow. Yeah, full life. Bresson himself spent over a year in a prison camp during World War II, which I didn't know. The prison was modeled after the real Montluc prison, and the music by Mozart is taken from the Great Mass in C minor, K-427, in true Bresson style, models or non-professional actors were used. L'Atelier was a philosophy student at the Sorbonne when Bresson found him. The film won Bresson the Best Director Award at the 1957 Cannes Film Festival. Uh, and remember how I said a lot of people like this movie? Mm -hmm. uh, Christoph Kieslowski ranked it among his top 10 films that affected him the most. And guess what? Benny Safdie said this is his favorite movie. You planted that to tie I it in. I didn't. I swear I didn't. <laughs> this is his number one favorite movie? That's what he said. Mm. Cool. That's all I got for specs. This is a very, this is a very small little picture, I feel like. Well, it's and just not, not good like... enough, Jackie. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just kidding. Let me think up a few more. Yeah. Uh, Bresson famously ate at a McDonald's every day while filming. He ordered yeah. the same thing every day. It was a quarter pounder with cheese, nice. a five piece, sorry, six piece chicken McNuggets with sweet and sour dipping sauce Very and an nice. Oreo McFlurry. I was going to ask about the McFlurry. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are your initial <laughs> thoughts? Yeah. This is my second time seeing this movie. Okay. This Actually, was probably my first Bresson. I'm pretty sure it was. If you uh, have listened to our show before, if you're a regular here, you'll probably know that I'm lukewarm on Bresson. Not not lukewarm, but hot and cold. Like the films of his I love, I really love. Mm -hmm. The films I don't like, I really kind of <laughs> can't stand, as if you heard our Balthazar episode. Uh, I really, this stands with one of the ones I really love. This is the first one I saw, and I think it set the bar unrealistically high for Bryson, and he was he failed to live up to the promise of this film. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow. No, no. Look, look you, uh, you know, taste is subjective. You know, it's, um, <laughs> this film and Lara Gent are my two mm -hmm. Bryson films. Like, I love those two. Everything else, hot and cold. Pickpocket, Balthazar, eh, eh, okay. Mm. This one, though, I think the reason I love this film so much, and again, it's not like my favorite film of all time or anything, but like I think it's great. And I think because it's pretty singular in the prison escape genre. Right. And I think what this film is, it's, it's tailor-made for Bryson. Because mm -hmm. Bryson is the cinema of hands and mm -hmm. silence and you know busy work, like hands doing things and things being worked on and chiseled away and... I mean, what better story for Brayson to tell than a prison escape story? Right. And I think the fact, too, that he was in a prison camp himself 
during World War II makes it that it gives it a personal touch. Like it goes from being like a, just sort of a genre thing to like it feels meaningful. Yeah. And I think there's so many great prison escape films. I know just a couple episodes ago I came on here and talked about how I just seen The Great Escape for the first time. And The Great Escape is amazing, but it's a big Hollywood movie. Right. And it's meant to have these big cheer moments and stuff. And I think the difference with this film that separates this film from like Great Escape or Shawshank Redemption is the fact that this film is has that brace on touch and it is about the minutia. And you don't get this big, while they do escape at the end, you don't get that scene. And I'm not trying to trash Shawshank, but you don't get this big kind of, you know, but it's this big audience right. cheer scene with them on the beach at the end like hugging yeah. and you know and again but it's very moving that I works think. for Shawshank but yeah no it is moving in, in this. this movie yeah. I think when they're out and he's just like just and he like they like they don't really hug they just kind of like t- like I don't know they just kind of like grabs him by the shoulder yeah, right yeah and they walk away and I was very moved you really only get the one shot of them walking away like you don't get yeah. and they kind of disappear into the smoke of the locomotive mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, look, for someone, I'm I'm so fascinated by these kinds of films because I think I love, I, I just love the minutia that's involved with all the little steps you would have to take. You have to be quiet. You have to be aware of your surroundings. He changes cells. Right. He, he has this system of knocks with like the cellmate, but then he gets moved and then the new guy doesn't really respond. And I think because the film is so like laser focused in on this character, uh, fountain, as I like to call him, um, he it you, it just everything every action is so big, every action is so loud, and little things like him taking the pencil and shading in part of the door, you know, mm-hmm. when when he when that part of the Doing frame pops out, time. yeah, it just feels so big, and I think it's magic. The magic of cinema is that these things feel so larger than life, and again, this film is very minimal. And a lot of the threat is just like sounds. It's like footsteps and stuff. Totally. Gunshots. Gunshots. Far away, though. Exactly. Because we don't really see the brutality of the Nazis here. We we know the, there's the plaque in the beginning, which opens the film mm-hmm. of like 10,000 people were kept here. 7,000 died, mm-hmm. you know, which is mm-hmm. the majority. Mm-hmm. So we know the atrocities, mm-hmm. obviously. But like nothing on screen everything horrific like people being executed and stuff happens all in the peripheries you hear it's just like you said sounds and stuff so i think it's a great film i think it's one of the definitive i it feels silly to call this a prison break film because it is more because it's Bryson and it's not just a genre exercise but i think the genius of it is it also works as a genre exercise mm-hmm. and i think people who aren't into Bryson can come to this and be gripped by it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a great piece of storytelling. Wow. I had a feeling you liked it. How about you? I also like it. Um, it this was my first time seeing it. Mm. Uh, unlike you, though, I do like Bresson a lot. And this is probably like my least favorite. It Bresson. would be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really fantastic. Like I can't say anything bad about this movie because... I just respect him so much and I respect, I think this movie 100% works. I didn't mean that in a bad way that it's like my least favorite. I just mean like I have so much respect and love for what he does that certain movies of his like I really love, but the respect is always there. And in this one, like it's it's more respect than like heart throbbing love. Right. But it's still there. Like I can't say anything bad about this movie because it is just like 
so pure and so clean and so focused. Um, of course, he's exercising his cinematography method here. Not the actual cinematography, but his style of filmmaking, which he called cinematography. And he is like, he's making a movie that is nothing but a movie. Like there's no acting. There's no performance. It's purely what we see and hear. It's sight and sound. Um, and the subject is a man escaping from prison. And this is what that struggle looks like. This is what he would do. This is what he would see. This is what he would hear. Like, and that's why I love it. Like, I love his style so much. You hear the gunshots. You're trapped in four walls. Uh, you have to take your slop bucket every day and <laughs> empty it. That freaking slop bucket. I always wonder, do they give them toilet paper? Because I don't see any. Can't have. And if that's There's the case, no. that is horrific. They, they don't even give him another shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because it's blood stained, and then one guy in there was like dressed for a wedding, so he's like in the yeah, suit, and they're just like, "Well, so sad. those are your clothes." I know, uh, but it is suspenseful, like you said. It's not just this practice in this art form; it is suspenseful because he knows how to use sight and sound so well. Yeah, that's why um, I said tailor made. It just feels like a perfect marriage of it, material and filmmaker. Exactly, exactly. Um, there was this. There's a Criterion essay by Tony Pipolo, and it, I really like what he says here. He says. In other words, for Bresson, the word performance did not refer to something that actors did, but something the entire organic structure of a film did. And mm. that's what this movie is. Like, this is Prison Break. You know? Yeah. It's hard to describe and it's also hard to talk about. Like, when we sat down today, I was like, I don't have much to say because this movie is just what it is. Yeah. And it's here. Yeah. And it's images and it's sounds. I know what you mean. Yeah. You know? Anyway. Yeah, those are my initial thoughts. Well, let's touch on let's touch on the elephant in the room, which for me mm -hmm. is the the Bresson doesn't have actors, he only has models, right? Yes. He calls his actors models yes. and they're famously not supposed to emote or do anything. Right. I think sometimes to the detriment of the film he's making, but I think in this case it's perfect because again, what better um, you know, they shouldn't if they were overacting and reacting to everything with, you know, with his face or what it would be so much. Mm -hmm. And I think the key here is that they're so beaten down and like accepting of like, well, I'm here. It's just the psychological state that all these men are in. The non-acting thing really works. It really, really works. Like all of the other inmates are so convincing. I feel like more than like secondary characters in other Brayson movies. The the pastor is so good. You never know that guy's not an actor because he's literally just acting normal. Yeah. And even the quiet guy, Orsini was his name. Uh-huh. And he's like jaded, right? But it just works so naturally. More, I think, than in any other one that I've seen. Exactly. Exactly. But it's supporting characters I'm talking about. I'm fine with the models. And Have you seen Mouchette? No, this one I have not I seen. I feel like you would like that one. Is that like his take on 400 Blows? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's like before 400 Blows. I think it's before. <laughs> I was no, trying no, to no, just it's like... after. It's late 60s. Oh, actually. okay, okay. No, uh, I haven't seen it's it. It's really brutal. And uh, I think you'd like it. Because it's brutal? <laughs> what do you take me for? Like I'm just stuff. this like blood hungry man. No, but let's talk about this. Models and this is his whole thing. And actually Ebert, he loved this movie. And he said that this movie, in so many words, he said, it's a lesson in everything that is unnecessary in a film. Mm. In that like every single shot in this movie 
is necessary mm -hmm. and thereby you're taught while watching this how unnecessary all the other noise is in other movies yeah all the which subplots is so interesting. and shit. right yeah and i think the actors are part of that for sure right um i think it's interesting because there are he said that and i totally agree you can't cut anything but then there are these extended moments like i love the moment when he has to put his door back together after he's broken it apart and we have to watch the entire process. Yes. But that's the point, like for the movie, you know? Exactly. Like unnecessary doesn't indicate, like the, everything in this being necessary doesn't indicate that it's going to be this like short, quick thing, you know? Well, I think because the minutia of all of it is the drama. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like if you don't have him putting back the door, then you don't have the film. You know what exactly. I mean? It's like that is the movie is those little moments. The sheer amount of time it takes him to reach the escape. Like the escape is the last Less than 20 minutes of the movie. Is it less than... Wow. It's like a little less than 20 minutes. It feels longer because... And this rarely happens to me. I was like holding my breath during those last like 20 minutes. Yeah. Like it is genuinely... It like definitely I is. don't get stressed out in movies for the most part. And if I do, I like feel good about it. Like, oh yeah, this movie's stressing me out. Yeah. Great. But like this movie, literally I was like holding my breath. And then I like... <laughs> like yeah, it's great. It's just so effective. Definitely. And even like... In the beginning, when we when he jumps out of the car, we stay in the car. We don't even have to exit the car yes. to see him being recaptured. We right. just stay in the car. Right. And that's yeah, like it's unnecessary for us to be out there. Because yeah. I feel like he wanted us to feel like this movie only took place in the prison. If he if we had exited the car and there had been like a little chase down outside in the streets of Paris, yeah. yeah. How different would that have been? It would have been? been a different film. Yeah. yeah. And again, with the violence, like you said, there's no... We don't see the Nazis beating him up. We only see him leaving with a bloodied head. Um, the executions, again, they're just noises. They're just gunfire. Well, um, too, on the violence, we don't see him kill the guard. I was going to say, we don't even see the guard's body. We see like this weird, distorted kind of POV shot of the gun sticking up. You know? like We don't get a clear picture of his body. Either. You know what? I think if I was going to change one thing about this film, because everything about it is so from his perspective and it's all the really tiny details, I would, I kind of wanted to see him kill that guard. Did you? I didn't. And I, I wanted it, it, I wanted it to be messy. Like, I could see cause that. Because I'm assuming he like strangled him. Probably. And I want him to like, lose control and then like it's not happening. And then maybe he's, he does it again and it starts to feel bad for the guy. And like, yeah. I wanted that. <laughs> right. Because no, again, I could see that. Because so many, like, look, like so many, movies in the genre like guards have to be taken out and everything and it's like so swift and yeah, clean it's like, it's like, like they're they gone. like hit it they drop the yeah <laughs> they drop or they're like they're yeah exactly no i wanted a messy like kind of heartbreaking like strangulation nice. that's kind of what i wanted i think that we could have heard we don't even hear it no you don't we should have heard it and he has the hook he's like i'm gonna kill him with this hook and he's like, never, he's mind. like never mind yeah i'm gonna kill him with my bare hands yeah and he does kind of wild yeah, I don't know if I would want to see it. I'd be okay either way, I think. I'd be I I would. But you know what I will say? The one thing if we're talking about like it being really restrained and pulled back and only the necessary things. My biggest question, what the heck is that package? Where does that package come from? I don't from? know. Who sent him that? Why were they cool with him receiving this goodie box of like jam and bed bedding and it's a clothing. care package it's a care package yeah 
And I expect also, to see like some Bath and Body Works in there. And exactly. Why were they cool? That, that's something I would have liked a little clarity on. And also, don't you think it's a little sus that he received all that clothing and yet he didn't change his bloody shirt? Obviously, because he was ripping up the clothes to be used. Right, right. Don't you think they would have noticed? Yeah, they're like, weren't you wearing those fresh threads that got sent to you? Exactly. Yeah. I don't Those know. are my only things. Well, he escapes not that long after that package. Mm, there's a good, like, the cellmate still comes and... that's Oh, it's before the guy. Yeah. You know what? I would say, just to cover all of his bases, he should have worn one of the shirts. Yes. Like, <laughs> he could have spared one to right? wear. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I would have done. That that was my only thought. <laughs> and then I also, but it's not that important. But I also don't need to know who it came from. Because, but because there's no tag, right? Okay with that. It seems like it's like a prisoner of war camp. They I think because he's about to be killed. I have a feeling it's before his sentence. Does it happen it before, his before sentence? his sentence? Hmm. That's my only thing. Hmm. And it's so cat it's like you have a package. It's like, what? You're allowed to receive packages here? Yeah. I don't know. I mean That was my only thing. I think it's one of those things like I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh, I don't know. Because they're so strict otherwise. They don't even allow them to talk to each other. Exactly. Like when they're washing up, like don't talk. Yeah, I'm not saying it's like Grand Illusion where it's like they're having meals and... Yeah, I don't know. know? Because because he's a prisoner of war. It's not like a regular prison. So it's like, yeah, I I can see that too. I don't need to know who it came from, but... I think it's a little weird that you that they would. Although you can tell when they bring it to him, it's already been opened and searched. And then when they give it to him, they search it again. So they're like pretty thorough and like checking what's in there. But yeah. But maybe something from him of like, who could this have been from? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, I also don't really understand what's going on with his cellmate, but it's not really that important. Like, is he a traitor? I don't know. Because like. He's a French soldier. He said he's in a half German, half French uniform. I don't know. But it's not important. Like, I don't care about that. <laughs> but um, let's talk about... So the original French title for this is A Man Condemned to Death Has Escaped or The Wind Blows Where It Wants. Right. And that subtitle's course, quoting, in the film, too. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, it's quoting the verse from the movie that the pastor tells him uh, when they're talking about kind of like the improbability of the escape working it goes, the wind blows where it wants to. You hear the sound it makes, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. Mm. So Brayson has always talked about it in terms of like religion and he was very spiritual. I Although I heard, a, I read something about him. He's, he called himself like a Christian atheist. But again, like spirituality is really deep in his filmography. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So he what he said about this film, he said, I would like to show this miracle, an invisible hand over the prison, directing what happens and causing such and such a thing to succeed for one and not for another. The film is a mystery. The spirit breathes where it will. Mm. Of course, that quote is the quote from the Bible is great because it's about just like the wind is unpredictable and you don't know. And I really love that about it. Like, I think that it's it's so interesting. It's like, well, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you go. No, no. F- sorry, finish your train of thought because I was gonna, I was gonna riff off of that. Uh, I was just gonna say, like, I like that it's this about this mysterious combination of like faith and personal faith in yourself, and actually like trying to help your circumstances. And I really like that about it. Yeah, 
Well, I would say too, I don't know that it's so random in this film or mysterious because I think the people who don't escape, like the older cellmate who's mm-hmm. like, I've given up, I have no one mm-hmm. to come out to mm-hmm. to come to on the outside. And the other guy, Orsini, who tries to escape but is not properly equipped, doesn't have the hooks, right? Because he tells Fountain, <laughs> <laughs> Fontaine, he's like, uh, you're going to need hooks because I tried it without and I failed. So right. it's like, it truly is like the best man for themselves of like right. the smartest, most cunning, most careful, cautious, you know. Right. But then there's also like the faith that he inspires, which is like for his neighbor, the neighbor was going to kill himself. Right. But then he heard like the knock the on the walls. Yeah. And it's like that type of kind of, I don't know, random act of fate. Right. You know, because yeah, he got moved to that cell and everything. But I think it is implied with the Orsini thing that it was just like luck. Yeah. Or I he was like just it like, it, it was like the trial break and then he didn't quite have yeah. what it took. Yeah. Yeah. He originally wanted to call it aide toi, which is taken from the French expression, heaven helps those who help themselves, mm. like help yourself. Right. Um, which also goes with the theme. Yeah. It's, it's such a clean, like it's clear so movie. Clean. Like I can't really like. I mean, all of his movies are clean, but this one is particularly like satisfying. Right. right. I think, because, again, because it's at the service of this bigger story. And I think. Yeah. You know, a lot of his films, and I love Lara Gent, and Lara Gent follows in the the, the Balthazar style of something being passed around mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. like, different people. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's typically, like, the kind of structure I think of when I think of Brayson, of, like... Ensemble, sort of, kind of. An ensemble with these little vignettes and stuff, and this film is just so laser-focused. It's just so perfect for him. I can't get over how perfect, perfect this is. Like, honestly, if you were to... If this film hadn't been made... And we're like, okay, prison escape film from like the all time great directors. Who should do it? I w- even though I don't love him, I'd be like Bryson. <laughs> nice, because it's like it's it's like a glove. Yeah, it's like a glove. Pit pocket too. Pickpocket. I don't love that pocket. one. I don't know. You know, I need to revisit. I, I think like it's it. it's on the list. It's I think. also super hand and laser. Well, all of his hands. Have, all of his fi- all of his hands. All of his hands. All of his eight arms. That was my initial thought when it opened in its hands. I'm like, we have hands. Yeah, checked off the we list. Have hands. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I. That's how I felt. We'll see if I he's so, if he's so into hands. Why don't we see the hands strangling the guard? You know, why don't we see the that hands around the shot. guard's Maybe neck? Maybe they just didn't have time. You know what? Or money. I don't accept that. <laughs> Maybe they ran out. You know how hard it was for him to find funding, which is ridiculous because he's one of the most famous directors now. Well, it was yes very no. hard for him yeah. to find funding for his movies. Right. He hung in there though. <laughs> he did indeed. It also should be noted that this is like before a lot of his bigger films like this is before balthazar i think this is before pickpocket before this yeah exactly i'm sorry two this was i think his third third. feature um and the one of them before took place in a con this was his fourth there's one in a convent there's diary of a country priest and then there's another one that i discovered today there's no english title it's called les dames du bois de boulogne and it is about it sounds so interesting a society lady engineers a marriage between her lover and a cabaret dancer who is essentially a prostitute. That's mm. the synopsis. And guess who's in it? Who? Maria Casar, who was from uh, Children of Parad- Children of Paradise. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. The woman who plays the wife, Natalie, the right. one that's obsessed with, what was his name? Baptiste. Baptiste. Yeah. <laughs> so she's in it. That He did that movie. He did country priest and he did the one in the comment and then he did this one interesting but doesn't that sound like a fascinating movie and yeah, it I does. love her she's I'm, great count me in for that i would watch that 
In it too, I think there's a lot of interesting parallels with this film and the other sort of prison escape film we've done so far on the show. Even though it's not really a prison escape film, and we talked about it that is. on the episode of like, that's what I thought it was going to be going yeah. into. It turned out to be something a little different. But that's yeah. uh, Grand Illusion right. by Jean Renoir. Yeah. Uh, where that film was a cakewalk. That <laughs> the, the prison was a cakewalk, and it's this kind of and comedy. that was the Grand Illusion. Exactly, yeah. And this film is the literal sort of nuts and bolts and people shitting and in this is cans. The, oh, and, no, there's no illusion here. Like, this yeah. is, yeah. This is the nitty-gritty, real, yeah. everyday life. Let's talk about those slot buckets. Did we talk about this? We briefly touched on it, but I just still can't get over the I fact that get over it. they didn't give them a roll, roll of toilet paper. But toilet notice paper. you don't see anything and they have to fill because at first we didn't see them fill it with water. And so they're dumping it in the drain. And I'm like, why is it so liquid? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. This makes I know. no sense. But then later. Then you get a different shot of them filling each bucket with water. Then they dump it. Dump it then it gets then soap. Put something. Soap. Got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. I just can't. <laughs> When they're exiting their cells and each person has their bucket, it's like, like doesn't it smell? Of course it smells. <laughs> like I can't even. Oh god. And also they don't shower; they just wash their faces and necks. Yeah, they all smell terrible. Like those cells with those buckets and their bodies smell terrible. Of course, but this is a Bresson movie. It's a Bresson so it's very movie. clean. It's so funny to compare to. It's just like so many other prison escape movies, like Grand Illusion, and then of course Great Escape. Where like Great Escape, it's like these cute log cabins. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's just hilarious. Um, the only thing, the only sign of squalor is when he takes off his shoes and his socks are all torn up. And I guess he's in that dirty shirt. But wait, in this? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is still the grungiest of the prison. No, I know, but it could be way grungier. Right. Like, oh, what do of you course. mean? There's grunt. What do you mean? What about like Men in the Iron Mask? Men in the Iron Mask. What prison? about Hunger with the Steve McQueen movie with Michael Fassbender? Have I seen that? I don't know. Have you? No. I think you would remember if you saw it. It's a pretty, like, it burns itself in your brain. I mean, look at Lemiz. Look at Jean Valjean. <laughs> look at his, uh, his get up and his hair and his beard. Jean Valjean. That's the thing. Are they shaving? Because none of them have beards, but we never oh. see them with a razor. But again, unnecessary. Like, now we're just being funny. But that is really, if you think about well, it, unnecessary. I think we can assume they're shaving when they're washing up together. <laughs> I guess. Uh, maybe they're shaving each other. I don't know. <laughs> I love the little notes and the little pencils. Yeah. And, and they, I love how they, I love how he doesn't give his pencil just to fuck with them. He's like, I was going to give it, but then I was like, no. Okay. There is it. a, there is a scene though where he gets a note. Fontaine gets a note and then he rips it up. Cause that's what you do. You read the note and then and you immediately rip it up. It. He rips it up. The pieces are not even that small <laughs> and then just leaves it on the ground and steps on it lightly. You're right. And I'm like, go out to the yard and dispose of that. Like, You're right. Don't keep that in your cell. What does he do though? He puts something in his slosh bucket to then dump, doesn't he? The slop bucket? Like oh. Slop. Uh, yeah, glass. Glass. Yeah. Why does he do that? He the frame. He the frame. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it was well, his way to dispose keep, of the glass. Why doesn't he keep the glass as a weapon? Because they would they would find it eventually, I think. He hid all of that stuff. You're telling me he can't hide a shard of glass? He probably could, but I think he... Yeah. He's a pacifist. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think, too, it's interesting that... Um, I almost think it would be... I know it's based on a real guy and everything, but I would almost be more interesting story if he didn't get the news that he was about to be killed. Because then it makes it so clear what his choice could be. Because his whole thing is he prepares very slowly, very meticulously. He reminds me of me. And like, if I was a prisoner, I would not be like, 
haphazard and like okay run like i <laughs> i would like chisel away for like years right <laughs> like very carefully because i don't like getting in trouble and you would have a long beard i would have a very long beard but like he gets <laughs> his prisoners rass him they're like what are you waiting for bro like just yeah, go are. you're like you're taking too long and i think it would be more interesting if he hadn't been called in and they'd been like okay we're gonna kill you because then it's like yeah. of course he's gonna do what he can yeah. to leave like yeah. the stakes are he has nothing to lose. He has nothing to lose. Yeah. Like if he can die escaping or he can stay there and die. It's like, right. of course, you're going to die trying to escape. But he does have to make that choice about his cellmate. Like he basically says, I have to kill you. Yeah. if You're not going to come with me. Yeah. And that's a big deal. He could have used the glass. Yeah, he could have. <laughs> if he didn't throw it in his. Uh... <laughs> Slop <buckets. laughs> That kid so easily stands his ground. And he was like, you're going to go. And the kid's like, no, I can make my own decision. He's like, no, you're going to go. And the kid's like. I'm gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> that kid's young. He's like 16, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love. Well, I guess we're gonna talk about sight and sound, but so many good sounds. So many. Should we talk about a few? Yeah, throw a few out. Um, I feel like we didn't really talk about like the the old guy at the start when he makes that little like sack that he lowers. Yep, the people that are taking the mail for him. Yeah. Uh huh. I don't know what they're saying. Then they get in trouble. I think they get killed. Do they? Yeah. I don't I don't know. It seemed like he was released. No, but I don't think so because the whole moment when the guy gives a speech and it's like, we know that people are mailing stuff. If you're caught mailing stuff, like we're gonna kill you. So I'm pretty sure they caught and killed those guys. I see. Anyway. So it did not end well for him. No, I don't think so. Did you like the power of the dog rope braiding? I forgot that that Cameo? happens in Power of the Dog. What do you mean? <laughs> I That's forgot. Like a big part. I only saw it once, but I loved it. I you loved it. it. It's better on a rewatch. I'm excited. It's really, really good. Um, sounds. Well, yeah, sure. You have like, <laughs> without trying to give too much away here. I know. It's really hard. It's all satisfying because it's like, it's all you hear. So it's right. like the chiseling of the wood on the door, like... The crunching of feet on gravel. Or... I love the shot. Sorry, this is not a sound. But when they're escaping and they're wearing socks and then you just get a shot of his feet like touching the ground. Oh, yeah, yeah. So good. But that's it. Like, I think it's like a control thing for Brisson. It's very much like he wants, he's creating a whole specimen. Uh, yeah. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a like an ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Hitchcock was that way, too. Right. And Hitchcock notoriously didn't even enjoy shooting because he had the whole movie so meticulously in his head beforehand that the shooting process turned him off. But he was such a control freak that so many of Hitchcock's films, especially from the 50s and 60s, like everything was shot on a stage. Mm -hmm. Even if it was supposed to be someone walking on a sidewalk, like they'd have rear projection because he's so (laughs) anal about just like, no, it needs to be controlled. Vertigo was shot. Wasn't Vertigo shot in? Sanford? Yeah, like a lot of those driving scenes are, but then you'll have scenes where they're like walking on a sidewalk and it's just like rear projection. No, but they go to the one that really beautiful place in San Fran that with, with like, the flowers. It looks Greek. Oh, like the cemetery when they go to the church? No, I don't know. What you're talking. But they go to the side. They go there. <laughs> they do. Yeah. No, what's that beautiful? It's like Palace of the Arts. In oh, San Palace of Fine Arts. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, he has some. It's like not all, but it's like 90%. We're getting really off topic here. I love the sound of when he throws the hook and it hits a wire. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. The echo of the wire rings out. Yeah. Because your heart just sinks. You're like, of course there was a wire there. Like, that was like... Yeah. That was a big heart sinking moment for me. Well, I love the bicycle. Oh, go no, no, I think too, relating to that wire, just quit, just briefly, I think it adds to the, because he only knows his immediate surroundings. Right. He knows what his cell looks like. He knows what the hall looks like. He knows where the guards are in the building he's in. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, he doesn't know. And I right. like that when they escape, it is this like, almost like a video game. They're advancing like one level at a time because they have to sit on the roof figure out the guard's patterns mm-hmm. and then get past that guard. And then there's another guard, figure out this guard's patterns. This guy's mm-hmm. on a bike. And I love that kind of progression of like, we don't know. And like when he throws that hook and hits the wire and it kind of makes that sound and they get a little worried of like, of course he wouldn't know that wire. It's so there. good. Yeah. I love that wire. Also that bicycle guy, like how long is this guy riding around in a circle? Oh, all my, Jackie. And the creaking noise is great. When I lived next to the Scientology building in Hollywood, there was a guy on a bicycle all hours of the night, and he would just circle the church on That's his on his bike. Creepy. And he would often try to strike up a conversation. Was he with security? Me. He was security, yeah. But when I would I would get home at like one a.m. or something, and he would try to try to strike up a conversation with me. But he was just like riding in circles around the church, around around. It's good around. exercise, but wouldn't you get exhausted? I don't know. I love the sound. The bicycle makes a fantastic sound. I just wish he had a bell. Ding ding. <laughs> that would have really sealed it. I also love the shot when his also with the bicycle guy, he's looking over the ledge and his eyes kind of just the they're the only thing that are like lit up are yes. his eyes. Right. That's a great shot. Fontaine? Yeah. Mr. Fountain, as Mr. We like Fountain. To call him. Well, it's funny because this this uh, Scientology church was right off Fountain in Hollywood. Wow. Look at the connection. It's all coming full circle. <laughs> I lived off Fountain. That's lovely. <laughs> Do you like the moment where he loses courage and for a moment starts crying? Yes. Yes, I do. Although, this kid, what's the kid's name again? Jost. Jost. How does that kid fall asleep on the roof? Or is he just closing his eyes? (laughs) He's probably just closing his eyes. Maybe he's just trying to like recenter himself. That could be it. Also, kids, like, they need to sleep. He's a growing boy. Yeah, but they're literally on a roof in in the middle of escaping. (laughs) I would never... (laughs) be able i probably wouldn't even be able to like control my breath they would probably just be like (laughs) like, yeah well i love the shot in this speaking of that i love the shot where fontaine has to hold his heart Mm. because it's like beating so Mm -hmm. fast and he's like trying to Mm -hmm. oh that's a beautiful touch yeah oh god great stuff let's compare this to a couple other prison escape movies what have you seen or what do you like like shawshank grand budapest hotel and paddington 2 oh yeah yeah (laughs) totally I don't really like Shawshank that much. Like, it's cool, I guess. It's just really, <laughs> I mean, it's good. It's good. It's nice. It's a nice movie. It's nice, yeah. It's a nice movie. It's a nice movie with a nice ending. <laughs> a little too nice. <laughs> like, the rain is, like, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's one, too, where I think the escape in Shawshank is, like, he knows everything he's getting into, so nothing's a surprise. Whereas in this film... The thing about Shawshank, he's been there for, like, 20 years, Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. It's satisfying. Like, I don't want to hate on Shawshank. It's a nice movie. No, I like it. I like it. It's not as good as this, but... Not as good as Paddington 2. Yeah. <laughs> now that... That's a prison escape movie. Have you seen Escape from Alcatraz with Clint Eastwood? No! That one's pretty good. Is it? Yeah. I mean, again, this this one's hard to top. Like, I think in terms of, like, the nuts and bolts of literally escaping a prison, I don't think this film 
is topped. I think this is like it can't be at the top of the pile. This is just about the whole process. Like this is it. Yeah, you know, it doesn't waste any time with anything else. Like no. literally, you start he's being taken to prison, and then the last frame is him finally escaping from prison, and it's yep. everything in between. Yep, it's the whole sandwich. Exactly. Beautiful. Well, should, should we do, do sight so, and sound? I mean, I guess. Jinx. Uh, what's the whole your... movie is sight and sound. But you have to just pick one. I know it's hard. Yeah. So sight. This is really hard. I think it's the shot when he's just started to. I can't remember if it's, he's just started to chisel or he's done with the door. I think it's when he's just started to chisel and he. It's like all one shot. He's chiseling and then he pulls back. And then he's about to go again. He pulls back because he hears something. He's about to go again. And then he pulls back again. But it's all his hand. Mm-hmm. It's so good. <laughs> it's brace on for you. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, I also really like, and this is kind of like a combined sight and sound. Just the way that he sees those women walking in the yard. I guess it's their time to walk. And he hears like execution. Yes. Yes. It's a great. Yeah, because the women's Union. unit is next door. Right. Uh, but he hears someone be executed, but he's just like watching these women walk. Right. It's really good. Yeah, that is really that's good. my combined sight and sound, and then that's my sight. I also have sound, but I'll let you go. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> my sight is the final shot of the film. It is them walking from the camera yeah. into the cloud, the billowing cloud of smoke from the train mm-hmm. and disappearing into that smoke. I think because, look, the audience almost wants more. I mean, you shouldn't expect it from Brace On. In fact, that shot feels generous mm-hmm. for, coming from him. But the, the, the expectation is that Shawshank ending on the beach of this big pullback helicopter shot of characters embracing and they're both free <laughs> and whatever. But the fact that he's able to convey... I mean, look, they could still be caught, right? Like, they they're could. not necessarily home free. They just escaped. He was caught in real life. Exactly. So it it kind of leaves it open to like, yes, they escaped the prison. Like, that victory is done and they're disappearing into this cloud. And maybe they're home free. Maybe they're not. Mm-hmm. Great shot. It's nice. What's your favorite sound? So when he gets like the Whopper delivered to his cell <laughs> and like, the, it's like the unwrapping of the paper around the Whopper. <laughs> Oh, Whoppers. I think it has to be the uh, the sound of the spoon on the door, like the chiseling okay. away, especially when he uses it to like separate the wood at first, like when he's mm. first testing the door and you kind of fe- see and hear the wood there start to go. give way a little bit. That's my favorite sound. That's great. But again, there's like, <laughs> we're both ASMR people and I think that there's so much in this movie of like little, the, the sound is just genuinely pleasing. The only sound you're missing is clip clop of like nice shoes on like a marble floor. You don't get that. You still hear steps, though. You still hear steps. Other than that, you get the whole gamut of, like... Yeah. <laughs> even their slop buckets when they dump them sound nice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should have gone with that. Maybe. Uh, what's Not yours? too late. You want to change? <laughs> nah, let's keep it. Let's do... Yeah, we'll do the wood chiseling on the door. So I really like this. Well, hold sound. on. Let's play, it. let's play it really quick. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's just pleasing. I have a few. All right, let's hear it. So I I really like the key that is being like dragged against oh, the rail. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Uh-huh. It's that and also the bicycle creaking. All right, well, let's hear the key on the rail. Here it is. 
it's almost like a childlike quality to the the guard at that point like yeah. enter- entertaining himself yeah exactly because he's doing it on purpose like a kid would do on like a picket fence with like a stick right you know yeah i don't know why m- two of my favorite sounds were like the guards you know that's kind of because you're you see yourself as a guard that's you horrible. see yourself as an oppressor what was your second sound again? The other one is the creaking of the bicycle because it's just so creepy and quiet and like, meow, meow, you know. Nice sound. Yeah. Very nice. Like it was gonna be the gunshots. <laughs> Why? What's wrong with what? Me? It was gonna, well, it's the combined, that's the thing, like, when that happened, when I saw, like, he's looking out, but then he's hearing the gunshots, but Uh then he's seeing these women, like, that was crazy to me. Oh, yeah. So, it's, like, that combined, and then the separate ones. Yeah. Well, I I like, too, the creaking of the bicycle, you don't know what it is at first. Yeah. Because he hears it, and it's not for a few minutes that you even figure out what it is. It's great. Yeah. Pauline? Pauline Kale did write about this film it's been a while it has been a while i'm glad she has graced us <laughs> little miss has been uh absent so pauline kale said about the film in this country escape is a theme for action movies but the french director robert Bresson is famous for his uncompromising methods and having been a prisoner of the nazis himself he is not disposed to treat his material lightly Mm. Bresson's hero's ascetic, single-minded dedication to escape is almost mystic, and the fortress constitutes a world as impersonal and isolated as Kafka's. The movie was shot at Montluc with fantastic authenticity. The photography is austerely beautiful. Francois Leterrier, a Sorbonne philosophy student, is the lead. The music is Mozart's Mass in C minor. All this makes it sound terribly pretentious, yet sometimes even the worst ideas can be made to work. It's a marvelous movie. Wow. I think she got it very right. That's our girl. (laughs) (laughs) That is our girl. Letterboxd? Let's do Letterboxd. I've got a four star here. It just says, simple, efficient storytelling masterfully paced and ahead of its time not sure if i'd call the titular ending anticlimactic but it did leave me wanting a little more even if it made perfect sense for the film nonetheless it's a great watch with some really striking visual techniques Mm. so i think the ending is pitch perfect i love it i love the ending i love when the music comes up it's great yeah five stars there were two actually oh i saw that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no star rating on this one. It just says, congrats to Ian Curtis. Did not think he was going to get out of this one. <laughs> Who's Ian Curtis? From Joy Division. I don't know him. Half a star, Shawshank Redemption, except bad. Oh, I had that one saved too. <laughs> God. Someone gave it full five stars and said, the last 20 plus minutes are so tense, it's almost nauseating. And prove, if proof was needed... That we need more master art film directors making yeah. genre films. I do prefer my Brisson films to be more worked up with tormented Catholicism, but this is, of course, almost objectively his most actively enjoyable film. And while it's not his most audacious experiment in using off-screen space, it's probably the most successful. Wow. Hmm. 
Uh, five and a half stars here. Afterthoughts. Bloody brilliant. <laughs> That's the whole review. Uh, in contrast to that, it's my last one. I have a one star. I don't get this at all. They said, yeah, okay, this is supposed to be a classic. However, it's also really, really lame, and I didn't finish it. Oh, my God. This is one, like, look, everything is objective, but, like, if you didn't like this movie, like, if you hate this movie, like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, I'm, Very I just... Very objective of you, Greg. I can't accept it, because there's nothing. It's I, a, it's a crowd thing. pleaser, and it's, like, a great piece of art. It's, like... Some people don't like art. Yeah, but it works for both crowds. I don't know if it fully works. Like this works for the Fast and Furious crowd. Uh, Probs not. It does. I don't think so. It does. It doesn't work for this person. One star. Title gave spoilers. Don't need to watch it now. One star. (laughs) 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 Oh boy. No, I don't think this is for everyone. It's for everyone. No, I don't think so. Who can enjoy this? That's a nice thought of yours, but it's not. Who can't enjoy this picture? A lot of people. A lot of people. A lot of people can't enjoy this picture. A lot of people. Mm. <laughs> what are we doing next week? Next week is a s'mores episode. So if you're not signed up on Patreon, go check it out. It's a subscribers only episode and we will be covering the films of Maya Darren. So yeah, come back next week because we're going to be covering you know a handful of their short films and it'll be great. How many shorts? A couple. We're going to do a handful. Enough cool. to their most popular, the, the the most sort of, uh, yeah, the most popular films. Cool. So we'll get a little taste because they're all like anywhere from like five minutes long to 20 minutes long, something like that. So yeah, come back next week because we're going to be doing that. Again, a special shout out to our patrons at the Pauline Kale tier, John Pennington and Cynthia Fordwell. Thank you guys so much for being patrons. We could not do the show without you. I think that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Greg. I'm Jackie. And we'll see you next time. I'm going to escape on out of here. Seen and Heard is an official podcast of the Arroyo Film Club, featuring Greg Kleinschmidt and Jacqueline Postagion. Theme music by Andrew Cox. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have any questions, comments, or you just want to say hi, email us hello at seenandheardpod.com or visit our website, www.seenandheardpod.com.